All right, everyone, welcome to the Regenerate Revolution podcast, where we talk about life, soil, and success. I'm your host, Mark Irvin from Greengrow, and today I have on the show Tommy, and she has the influencer handle Living Like Randalls. I wanted to give everyone an ability to to learn about your bio real quick. So could you just tell us real quick about your your quick life story and you know who you are and what you do? Yes, that's going to be hard. Okay, so I am Tommy. Um, we just recently moved to Wyoming. We are currently living in an RV. So basically, my husband was a police officer in Ohio for 16 years. We felt like the Lord was calling us away from that and was wanting to strip us. So we were in a new build. We had no intentions of leaving that. We were only in it for a year. We sold that. We found property in Wyoming, and we are currently on the journey to try to get there. So we are at a campground right now. Um, but hopefully this spring we'll be able to pull the RV out there and then start building our house and doing all the fun things. <laughs> no, I mean, that's perfect. And I, I've seen obviously your journey along the way, um, especially on your Instagram page where, you know, you, you're, you're burning through lots of important topics that almost anyone who's kind of living on grid, off grid kind of, homesteading but not really homesteading and then there's people that go right. full homestead right now right so right. you have content that i feel like can resonate with all those different people including just people that are looking for help with gardening from a perspective where it's like hey we're going to learn this together you know yeah so the trials and tribulations yeah. of gardening right especially in a state where you're going to have a shorter gardening window i think like wyoming right oh yeah i mean we, we talked about you know the, the why you guys got to wyoming and everything what is it about kind of, you know, doing it yourself, you know, gardening and maybe light, I call it lightweight homesteading, you know, whatever you want to call the term, right? Right. right. So yes. what is it about that that kind of called to you over the last couple of years? So we just really felt like, um, like I said, that God was trying to strip us and that he was wanting us to go back to the way that we feel he intended it because we feel like he created us, you know what I mean? With a certain purpose, like with yeah. an intention. And we have very quickly gotten away from that. And we don't do a lot of things with our hands. We're not mm -hmm. apt to want to go out and do the hard thing. We mm -hmm. want to kind of stray away from that because it's easier. Yeah. And we have so many conveniences, you know, right at our fingertips now that we don't have to do that. But we just, for the first times in our lives, when we moved into the new build, we just weren't content yeah. and he was stirring something up in us and yeah. that's exactly what it is. Um, and now, I mean, cause we live about 45 minutes from our property. So we have to go out there every day and it's super hot and dry here in Wyoming. So we're driving out twice a day to water. We just got water about halfway through this past summer. So we were filling a huge tank in the bed of the truck. And then we had jugs that you like see at the doctor's oh, wow. offices yep. where you can get the water. And we were hand watering me <laughs> and, you know, all of the kids. And so it's just really, it's been super fulfilling for us. Um, of course. And doing this. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I share in that, in that story a little bit to a, to a small degree, because, you know, we were, we were living in California and then we were living in like Portland, Vancouver, Washington area. And my wife was just like, yeah, we need to get out to, we live in Idaho now. And she was like, we need to get out to Idaho. We want to be able to raise our kids the way we want to, you know, right. definitely, definitely being moved by God, yeah. as well. you know what I mean? And just yeah. wanting to live a life where we're not as, I don't want to say busy because we're busy, but like not as right. busied up with like 
everything that happens in like a city life or, you know, where you're constantly rushing yes. and you're rush hour traffic and like half your day is spent doing that. And then you get home and you're exhausted. Right. So yeah, we have kind of a similar. Yeah. And it's so funny because every, yeah, everybody says like, Oh, like the slow life. Well, it's slow, not because you're doing less, but because it takes longer. And I don't think a lot of people realize that mm -hmm. they just think like, Oh, this slow life, like I'm not going to be doing anything. No, 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 no. Like it's slowed down because you are the one actually doing it. You don't yeah. have all of these fancy things doing it for you. You're not hiring people. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. but it's again, it's so rewarding. Yeah. And I mean, you know, talking, I want to kind of drill down onto like having that property, right? So, I mean, this is kind of what a lot of people are looking to do right now. This is very, it's a very common right. feeling, especially after COVID, where people are like, okay, oh, let's, oh, get yeah. back to, let's get back to the basics of life. And, yes. and and what have we gone away from the last 50 to 75 years? And this one speaks really to mm -hmm. me about like, you know, the food that you eat is oh yeah, is medicine, right? And yeah, by and by working the land, which takes time, you know, and yeah. and, and yeah. by you know, growing organically in the way that we were meant to grow, the food is better for you, you feel better. Yes. And then you also like, there's something a little bit relaxing to me about working all day. I have a giant garden too, working all day, getting it built, getting it fixed, getting it trimmed yes. and, or, and then you're tired at the end of the night. So you're not sitting there on your iPhone before bed for an hour yeah. until you fall asleep. You're just like, nah, I'm just going to hang out and talk to my family. And then I'm just going to go to sleep. Yes. So, yes. So yeah. true. Yeah. So I like that. And I mean, let's, so let's talk about the prep, right? Cause that, I think a lot of people mm -hmm. want to know that. So you took some bare land and then what did you yeah. do? Okay. So we have the 35 acres and even though we're not there, like we wanted to be good stewards of what the Lord had yeah. given us. So yeah. the only thing that we could think really to do um, realistically, because I would love to have chickens and a cow and all of that right now, but was a garden because Although it's very hands-on, you can do that from a distance. So we just went out there and our neighbor never had met him before, came over, introduced himself and was like, oh, you're putting up a garden. Let me brush hog this for you. Oh, so he yeah. came and he like got all the sagebrush bush out and, you know, all of that. And so that was the start for us. And then we did till initially because, I mean, it is the wild, wild west and this land has never been touched. So we tilled to get like the surface layer off and then we yep. went in with a rake, raked it all out. Um, and then we just dumped a lot of compost on it. And for us mm -hmm. to get compost, it's about an hour and 15 minute drive. Mm -hmm. So we probably did, I'm going to say close to like 30 truckloads. So like, it was a lot, it was a lot. Cause we don't know what we're doing first off. So we yeah. were just like, Oh, we're just going to cover the whole garden area that we fenced in <laughs> with compost because that just made sense. But yeah. And I mean, I think you guys were on the right track in terms of like, you know, some of the, some of the land, especially in that area might be carbon depleted. Right. And carbon is like right. the building block of life. Everything that is life is carbon. Right. So people are putting uh -huh. compost down because it's carbon. And, you know, to the to the listeners out there, I mean, I, I talk about this all the time. I mean, we need to have about 8% carbon in the soil. That's like the sweet spot for like microbes and everything to kind of start kicking off and doing their thing. So you were definitely on the right track by doing that. And I'm a huge fan of like, I, I've kind of coined the term low till, right? Because in some right. areas of the country, they're like, no till, no till. And I get it. But there's some places where people just right. don't understand what the ground's like. And it's like, you have to, yes. 
at least get something to work with, you know, so incorporating compost yeah. into that soil after you did a light till on it. And then now we don't have to really till it again, right? Because it's there and we can kind of just right. incorporate. Build from uh, there. Yeah. yeah. Build from there. So, okay. So you guys got the compost in and then you guys did some planting or did you do some fertilization or what would happen next? Um, so our first year was um, the previous summer. So not this past one, but the one before that. Um, and we did nothing. We started the plants in the RV. We actually removed one of our couches from our slide out. Yeah. And we bought just like the metal shelving and we started like over 300 seeds and we had it all in there with the grow lights and, and we popped them in the ground and we did get mulch and mm -hmm. we just mulched the rows like where we, you yeah. know, had planted. And then yeah. that was pretty much the extent of it last year. Cause we, again, we didn't know what we were doing. Um, we didn't know how to do it. So it just was like, well, we'll get it in the ground and go from there. <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, that's, and that's, and I think that's a fair approach. And, you know, a lot of people, I find that most of the people I talk to online or even through social media, they over fertilize, they overdo it too much. Right. So, I mean, I think you guys did the right mm -hmm. approach there and, you know, people think that you need as much fertilizer as possible to grow plants, but really you don't, you need to get some right. in the ground and then the microbes start breaking it down and feeding it to the plant. Because the thing I've right. always taught is we're not feeding the plants, we're feeding the soil. And then once you feed the soil, the microbes are going to do their job and feed it to the plant. So, it, yeah. I mean, definitely that's, that's, and that's, that's what I like to teach. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, from what I saw, I mean, you guys this year got some nice rows going, you guys. You oh know, yeah. Did yeah. So we expanded it a little more, which I don't know what the square footage actually ended up being this year. Um, but for next year, um, we want to expand it even more because we have really big goals for the garden. Like we want a huge flower garden and all of that. But the main thing is to feed us. Yeah, of um, course. So, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, obviously this year you did some of our products I'm, I'm assuming i think a little bit to get the fertility up and to kind of get the plants kicking oh yeah so do you know which products yeah. you, you were using to kind of to work with oh yeah yeah so we started out with the Earthshine, um and i i had come across you guys after the fact of planting Mm -hmm. Um, but I had already had my potatoes in and I was like, it's not going to harm them. And mm -hmm. we, we did have a successful garden last year. Um, and the plants were really big and thriving, but not as big as this year. That's for sure. But I knew that the soil had been depleted a little bit, at least because we had, you know, that garden yeah. in there from last year. So I knew that we needed to replace something, but I'm not like a scientific type of person. You know what I mean? So I just need someone to like show me or tell me like, Hey, here's this, this is what it does. Like, and I don't need any more information than that. Like, okay, I'm good. Let's run with it. So, and of course that's what we used was the Earthshine. Then we used, um, the all purpose fertilizer. We used the tomato and veggie. We used bloom. I mean, we use so many products. And then of course your, one of your newer products, the insect spray, we were using that because we had aphids. Um, so yeah, it just was so good. And defense we used defense, like we used it all. <laughs> yeah. No. And I mean, and, and that's, we don't, we just try to make things that are simple for people that can get good results. And I mean, yes. I'm not really here to talk necessarily about Green Gross products today, just more about the experience right. of like, you know, we, we wanted you guys to grow the best produce and fruits 
possible because we knew you were going to possibly be canning them or you're going to be preserving yes. them. You're going to be, you know, so, yes. so maybe we should walk into that too. So you, you did have a big harvest this year, right? Oh yeah. 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 I mean like some of our cauliflower plants were, and I have a video, like they were almost as tall as me. Like it was insane. Oh wow. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. They were massive. <laughs> And for the, for so, the yeah, people, um, we do, we love, okay. Well, no, I was gonna say for the people listening, I mean, I think this is a, a topic that people overlook sometimes is like your garden can produce so much more than you need for your family at that one time. So how do you approach yeah. like preserving it or storing it or, you know, so you can enjoy it throughout the winter? So, um, I'm only bath canning right now only because we are in the RV mm -hmm. and we don't have the space to make a long story yeah. short for the actual like pressure canner. Mm -hmm. So we freeze a lot of things. We freeze, mm -hmm. we dehydrate. Um, we, um, and I do water bath can um, some mm -hmm. of the items too. So we yeah. kind of do all approaches, just what we can fit, where we can fit it. And that's what I run with. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think, you know, and I actually started doing this this year and I, and again, I'm learning every day too. And I didn't, know that I could freeze my tomatoes. And I, I know that sounds stupid for oh, me because yeah. I should know everything, but I don't, I don't know everything. So, so yeah. we had so many tomatoes that I was like, okay, what do we do with these now? And so, you know, right. you, you can can some, you can do whatever, but I, I found that I just took our Romas and I just froze them perfectly yes. full. And now mm -hmm. as, as we're getting into winter time, you know, we can pull them out, we can turn yeah. into stewed tomatoes. We can put it into like totally a lot of different diverse recipes. So like, that's yes. kind of my, how I geek out on this whole thing is like having high quality produce or high quality vegetables in the winter time. Yeah. I don't think people understand yeah. when you go to the store, that stuff is depleted of almost all its mineral content. That's why oh, it doesn't yeah. taste as good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's been sitting there for how long, you, yep. you know, but, and the good thing too, about freezing or even dehydrating, cause you can, you know, bring it back to life is if you do have a big harvest, it can be overwhelming. And mm -hmm. so you're like, I have all of this stuff. What am I going to do with it? And like a lot of times I know people are like, I'm just throwing it out. I'm just letting it go. Like mm -hmm. I can't use all of this. And it's so easy. You literally wash it and you throw it, you know what I mean? In a bag <laughs> in the freezer, or you just dice it really quick and you throw it in the dehydrator and it's like no time at all. So yeah, I, I'd been getting these, like, you know, I grow peppers. I like hot peppers and like, and I don't think people understand it. When you really grow like a, a pepper plant the right way, I mean, like a, even a habanero bush. I mean, I had hundreds and hundreds of habaneros mm -hmm. on one bush and and, and yeah. same with jalapenos. And I had to like, I had to, so I did the same thing. I, I roasted them lightly, dehydrated them immediately. Mm -hmm. And then I ground a lot of them into a powder. And then we just incorporate yeah. that powder into a lot of different things, you know? So I just recently did that too. And I made like the crushed red pepper and my husband was like, how did you do that? And I was like, I crushed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, it's people like have this mystery about how things get to the store shelves. And I'm always talking. They overcomplicate it. It's like, literally, yeah. it's, if you would see how they would do it at these big facilities, sometimes they have these giant, almost like these like solar arrays where they're just like, they lay on some type of material for like an acre and they dry and they sun dry. And then from there they yeah. wash them and then they brush them in a pepper and then they throw it in a jar, you know? So yeah. I actually have some naturally drying right here, right now. Ah, see, <laughs> there right you go. Beside me. Yeah. There you go. Um, so when, when you're in an environment, right? So we're, what is your growing season there? It is very, very short. So I think we're 4A. I could be lying about that. 
Um, yeah. But basically, we can't put anything in the ground until after Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And then the first frost, um, according to like all of my neighbors, they typically it's in September, but they were like, ever since you've moved here, like it's been super late. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what you've done. I'm like, why yeah. have done anything? But so yeah. I don't really know, like, when to say, because it's just been so crazy since we moved here and not the normal for Wyoming. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in, you know, 4A, that's a, a tougher zone for sure. And I think if people want to know that the USDA has a zoning guide that you can, anyone can yeah. pull up on Google for like where you live, but it tells you kind of optimal times to plant, times to harvest and when to prep your garden. And so, you know, in California here, Obviously, it's you can you really have almost a nine month growing season, but you do have to prep the fields here. And that's what people forget to do all the time. So here we have people prepping the fields November and December, and then they do another prep um, in March and then April. And usually they're planting in late April, you know. Um, But I mean, here we can get we have tomatoes growing right now, you know. Yeah, they're still they're still growing. (laughs) like crazy. And, um, I can tell you, I've already in, in Idaho though, I've already, you know, winterized my garden. You know, what I do is, you know, I, I pretty much chop everything up and put it into a compost bag or a bin so I can kind of start mm-hmm. trying to compost it. And then I will put a layer of, you know, a little bit of compost and I'll put some, the, the fermented biochar, the earth shine down and I'll kind of like lightly scratch it in and then just let the rains kind of water it in and start breaking things down. Right. And then, in some areas, people recommend covering it, but on a large plot like you have, you really can't cover that. So no. you're just gonna <laughs> let it let it happen, and you know it's gonna snow on it. It's gonna do whatever it does. Yeah. One thing I do recommend for everyone to do is if you have a decent plot of land and you can, I would I would get a cover crop. You know, because you could put right. cover crop seeds down now. And then after the, the snow melts and the soil temperature gets up a little bit, you have a nice cover crop growing right before you, you know, go into planting season. And then you can kind of just gently till that in or, or remove it. And that's going to help keep all right. the nutrients left in the soil. Nice. Yeah. yeah. We did leave a lot of the roots because I know that the earth shine does help break yep. that down. Yep. The last year we didn't know that. So we were like, you know, digging everything up and making sure there was nothing left in there. And Yep. So this year it was a lot easier for us yep. to kind of close the garden up. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, the, the roots still have so much nutrients left in it. And so when people use our earth shine, which is the fermented biochar, they, there's, there's some microbes that we ferment in there that are like decomposer microbes. And they're meant to be like the, the worker bees post harvest, right? They'll sit there and they'll work as long as the soil is above, you know, 50 degrees and they'll just decompose right. and decompose all the root and dead organic matter, which is kind of essentially composting, right? But these are little microbes that are like mycelium, which is kind of a form of a fungus, right? And it's a beneficial, you know, mushroom we want to call, but it's a microscopic mushroom. And so those will break down and make the soil even better because all the mycelium that it produces is also really rich for the soil too. And so I'm always a fan of that, having people incorporate both, you know, mycelium and beneficial bacteria into the soil so you guys are going to have an better and better and better garden each year that's the exciting part is like i can't wait to see yeah. next year's garden um oh yeah you know my plan 
you know, for these products that I've made was I wanted to be able to produce a 20 year garden in five years. That's always been like my goal. And you can tell a garden you've been to that someone's been doing organic or, or regenerative farming on that soil is so rich, so lush. It goes right in. It's not hard. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see the next two years of what's going to happen with you guys. Breathe life into your soil with GreenGrow. Organic, sustainable, all-in-one soil additives for your gardening and farming needs with the highest quality, non-harmful ingredients. Locally sourced, GreenGrow promotes probiotic soil building that will nurture and help your soil flourish, maintaining a living soil system for your plants to thrive. Easy-to-use products for all stages of growing. You take pride in what you grow, and so do we. Grow only the best with GreenGrow Biologicals. Order online or find your nearest location where GreenGrow products are sold. Yeah, and we don't have the best soil. So um, right up where we're building, it is um, bitnite clay. Like there's yeah. no like good stuff. But down where we chose to put the garden, it's it's pretty sandy um, and it's very rocky. So like for us to even get like the fence posts and was not good. But I've already noticed from the beginning of the year when we first were putting stuff in the ground versus to when we just planted our garlic it was night and day. Like we were like, you know, really trying to get in there before. And then after using all the products all summer, literally, like I just barely was putting the shovel in there and I'm like, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you know, regenerative farming is something that, you know, I think is going to be the next 25 years of what we're going to hear from everyone because we've done the green revolution, the last 50 years of chemical fertilizers, precision applied and the soils are depleted. So um, I think people are going to get more into this regenerative gardening thing. And plus, you know, it tastes so much better that yeah. I think people just, once they do it, it's an important thing. Um, but you know, what, what else are you guys working on then? Like what is, you know, what do you guys do in the winter time? Obviously it's an off season in terms of the heavy lifting. So what happens in terms of like you guys' plan in the winter time? Um, honestly, we just kind of plan for the next year. So this will be our third garden. Mm -hmm. Um, so we're going to start planning that out. Like I said, we do want to expand it. And I know that the expansion will make it, um, 9,000 square feet. Um, and then each year we just want to expand a little bit more, but, um, so we're going to work on the expansion as much as we can, um, you know, whether cooperating and then, um, Mike really, my husband wants to put up a greenhouse so we're going to kind of see if we can get that in the works and all that because like we can grow the plants in here Mm -hmm. in the rv but it's not ideal you know so it would be nice to have a place where we could actually start them and you know just do all of the greenhouse things (laughs) well i mean a greenhouse would be incredible because we could definitely work on some stuff you know with you guys on that yeah you know i think one thing that we touched on earlier that i wanted to bring back up is like you know seeds right and growing from Mm -hmm. seed and you know, people, there's a lot of heirloom varieties. There's a lot of organic non-GMO varieties. And I think, I think that's probably what direction you guys have gone. And Mm -hmm. and definitely I'd recommend to everyone. I mean, if you haven't grown heirloom varieties of of plants, I mean, try it because the the flavors are different. The the plants look a little different. They taste better. And it's, again, it's, there's no um, genetic modification and people don't really are, a lot of people just don't know where their food comes from. Right. And so my mission right. is to kind of teach them that. And if you could buy seeds from the store, but they could be genetically modified seeds already, which means they've inserted snippets of DNA to make certain things hardier or have certain effects. But my philosophy in life is that most of these 
gluten intolerant or celiac people across the world that didn't exist 40 years ago. Right. Very, very, very rare. Right. Mm -hmm. And so my thought was that, you know, they made all these um, wheat varieties that are Roundup ready. And they also have like, you know, other beneficial factors that they for mass crop production. But it did something to the protein in the plant. And now the gluten is causing people to have really bad digestive issues and health problems. And so I recommend to anyone if if they're have the space, grow some heirloom wheat varieties, because then you can take those, turn them into flour, of course, and store them indefinitely. And then you can make bread, you can make whatever you want with it. And it's like, you know, and that's a huge goal of mine is to start growing our own wheat because I do grind my own, but I don't have my own wheat berries yet. So that's going to be a whole nother thing that's tackled probably in the next couple of years. But speaking on the heirloom varieties, it's super cool too, because it's stuff that you don't see in the grocery stores. Like we just um, ate potatoes yet day before yesterday and they were purple. And my kids were like, yeah. this is the coolest thing ever, like purple potatoes. And like, you don't yeah. find that in the stores. Yeah. and. Yeah. Like our carrots are red and yellow yeah. and purple. And, you know, it's just really fun. Our cauliflower is purple. Like, mm-hmm. and the kids just love it. And that's one thing I get asked a lot is how do you get your kids to eat all of this? Well, first off, them being hands-on. They have put mm-hmm. so much hard work into this yeah. garden that they want to, like, get that satisfaction of trying. You know what I mean? The item, whatever it is that we've grown. Yeah. And also just like, you know, it's so different from the grocery store stuff that it excites them. And they're like, oh, I've never seen something like this before. Like we have to try this and that. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just really cool. Yeah. We've been growing purple potatoes now for two years and we're going to keep doing it because my kids love them. They love the yeah. flavor of them. They're like almost creamier and they have more nutrition yes. value to them. And yeah. anything that's like deep, dark purple or anything like that has anthocyanids in it. And those are really helpful for your diet and your vision and a lot of different other health benefits. And I think people have gotten away from that because most potatoes are just white or russets or right. you know, the cauliflower is white or, you know, they're just, they're not thinking about those things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I have my daughter super engaged in her garden. You know, she does a lot of the amending. She knows how all the products work now. She's right. I love it. And then she cannot wait. It's like an Easter egg hunt for every time the potatoes are ready. She's like, I just oh, yeah. dig through the garden and get as many of them as she can. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I said for my husband and I, it was like an adult treasure hunt. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it was just so fun to, to be able to get into the soil with our bare hands and try to find them. Cause this was the first year that we've grown potatoes. We didn't yeah. grow potatoes our first yeah. year. So it was just really fun. And, and those are great. Cause you can store them for a long time. Right. And I like that. But yeah, I mean, I think getting your children into the gardening practice is is building the next generation of gardeners. And absolutely, you know, getting out of the city, like we talked about in the beginning, so many kids nowadays, even in, into their 20s and 30s, have no clue how to garden, how it works, what to do, yeah. you know, any of that. And stuff. where their food comes from. Like they the think that it's from. just in a lab, which nowadays it technically kind of is in a lab, yeah. but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've walked a lot of facilities, you know, and people don't realize like most of the tomatoes in the country are grown in California, but they're grown in sterile environments, hydroponically yeah. with like precision liquid nutrients with no soil. And, right. and that's why when you bite into it, it tastes like either water or nothing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to get everyone away from that. So um, what other things that we want to go over today? I know we want to talk about 
kind of what your you know mission has been on your page, right? I think your Instagram page and you might have a TikTok. I'm not sure, but what No, what I don't are, have TikTok. Okay, you just have Instagram. Okay. So yeah. what what is the like what what are some of the themes that you like to really share and talk about on there? And teach? Okay, so yeah, my my main like if I had to say like, oh, I'm on here for a purpose, because I never tried to like build my Instagram, like truly I had it when my son was born and it was like a digital photo book for me. So mm -hmm. I started posting pictures and I'm pretty sure back then you couldn't make it like public or private. It just, it mm -hmm. was what it was and you posted. And then people just randomly started falling at a very, very slow rate. But then um, I just really started sharing our journey that God has us on. And that's when it kind of blew up. And so my main like thing with my Instagram, I guess I would say is that I just want people to know that like life is hard mm -hmm. and it's hard for every single one of us, but it can be easier. And that's by allowing, you know, Jesus Christ into your life and following him and what he has for you. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not always going to be easier, but it is so much more rewarding. And I look at our old life and we thought that we had made it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we had a brand new house and it was beautiful. And you know, we had all of the things mm -hmm. and, but we weren't, we didn't have that joy that he gives, you know, we had the temporary happiness. Yeah. And since moving out here, we have nothing. My husband doesn't make near as much as what he did. Mm -hmm. And we, we do struggle like truly, but we, we are so much happier and we are yeah. so much more fulfilled than our old life that we had. So yeah, we I would think, do it all over again. I think people conflate chasing money with happiness and yeah. once you have enough money you're gonna be happy and that's never the way it is it's whoever right. you are right now is going to be who you are enhanced with money right so if you have right. bad habits now or if you tend to have some bad uh views of the world or negativity i mean all that gets enhanced with money you know money yes just does not solve what people think it does, you know? No. So searching yeah. within, you know, searching within yeah. is, the, is the big part of life what we're here for. And right. I, can't agree, I can't agree with you enough. I mean, that's once people kind of decouple from that world of chasing money and then do things yeah. that they're passionate about and not yes. everyone can quit their jobs and move, right? We're not saying that. We're just saying. Right. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah. yeah. We're just saying <laughs> that basically as long as you can, find things that you're truly passionate about and you work on that right. in, your, in your spare time and try to grow yeah. that. I mean, and you know, some people find it through faith, right. And faith is an important mm -hmm. part and people nowadays where there's just not enough faith in the world. Right. And right. Um, I think that that's something that when people find that it, it really opens their mind up to what's possible for joy and peace, right. And patience yeah. and everything else that comes along with yeah. it. So yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad you're sharing that story with people. And I think that's why it resonates with them. You know, like a lot of people, right. it's really unpopular out there nowadays to kind of like get out there and share your faith and your journey. But then secretly all these people are following you because they need a piece of that in their life. You know, right. they may not be yeah. willing to admit it openly to the world, but right. they're living right. vicariously through you for the moment until they're courageous enough yeah. to do it themselves, you know, you so. know, and honestly, it's, it's been super rewarding for us too in sharing because you know, a lot of times we forget the little details, you know, and so I have, you know, highlights and I have it all documented and, you know, all the things that sometimes I can go back and it's really cool to see like, oh, I forgot that like God lined this up or he did that. I mean, because we moved out here and my husband didn't even have a job.
like mm-hmm. nothing. You know what I mean? And he completely sustained us um, for a long time. And he still is sustaining us, but even more so back then. Um, and it's just cool to see, you know, looking back how he's lined everything up. And I think that's what people appreciate is because I don't just share the fluff like, oh, like God's done this. I've also shared mm-hmm. like, are we hearing God correctly? Like, did we mess up? What are we doing? Are we crazy? You know, <laughs> like all of the yeah. things, because sometimes you do you're like what am i doing but yeah people need to see people need to see i guess your story what's i think really important people is that life can be messy and and you're not just showing the highlight reel like most people on social media are just showing oh look at me i'm next to a boat or i'm on vacation or i'm doing right right that's five percent of people's lives you know the other 95 percent is where the depth comes in right yeah you know yeah spending every day with your family you know, how, how many people can actually say that they're able to do that? Right. You know, educating yeah. your children. I mean, most people send their kids off to school and right. don't know what their kids are being taught. So being able to educate your children the way you want yeah. them to be going off into the world, you know, I find that to be yeah. really important. It, it is so important. And honestly, when we started that journey, we started that before when we were still in the the old house. And again, I thought there's no way I can school my kids. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, and I was a preschool teacher, but that's like a whole different level. And that's other people's kids. It's not your own. And we just really felt like that's what God was calling us to do. And so we started with my two younger. And so it would have been preschool and kindergarten. And my one son was just starting second grade. And I was like, okay, we're not going to pull him out. He was on private Christian school and we loved it. But Um, I was like, we're just going to see how it goes with the two littles. So I did that and we were a weekend and I was like, no, he's coming home. Like this is for us. We are not turning back. Like, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So what, what do we have working on for next year? I mean, what things do you want to teach or what things do you want to like showcase or like, what are you excited about for projects? Oh man. Do you have all day? I'm so excited (laughs) for next year. Truly. Um, so I am a do-it-yourselfer person, and I've been on this journey where I have started making all of our own bread. I don't buy that from the grocery store anymore at all, and um, I'm trying to master milling my own. I haven't completely taken that over yet, but I do mill most of um, everything other than our actual sandwich bread um, I use freshly milled for, but I want to take on pasta, so mm-hmm. for my birthday that I yeah. recently had, yeah. My husband and kids got me a pasta book, a pasta machine, like, I don't know, all the things to be able to do that. Um, I really want to focus on flowers as far as the garden goes. Um, I did have them come up, but again, we got everything in so late this year, um, even later than what our late season is. Um, So I did get some flowers, but not as good as I would like. Um, And then animals. I really, I want animals, like I want chickens, cows, you name it, bring Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) No, that's going to be exciting to see. I mean, I think people are going to be really excited to see content like that because they want to see the journey from like where you get a chicken, either incubating the egg or you getting the chicks and then how you're storing them. And then I think a lot of people are wanting to see that journey until they're out there in your field and you're getting fresh eggs from them and stuff like that. So, Right. And I think the cool thing too about us is that most of the people we follow are already established homesteaders you know what i mean so like we're the very beginning we have no clue what we're doing you know so we're building it from the ground up which is nice to have the people who are already established but it's also nice 
to have someone who's at the very beginning and starting, you know what I mean? Because you don't know where to start a lot of times. So yeah, yeah I think that's, that's what draws a lot of people in. Yeah. And I mean, it's like the starting that's the hardest for people. Once you get started, it's like one foot from the other, you know, and you're kind of committed. So yeah. that's going to be exciting to see next year, the chicken piece. Um, you know, also I think the flowers and everything else, I mean, I want to help you with that. Cause like that, that's going to attract more pollinators. It's going to attract more honeybees, all that stuff's going to be incredible yeah. for what we're trying to work on. So, and that's a goal too, is we want bees for sure. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the bees and, and a lot of times there's um, aviary people that can, will drop off bees on your property if you ask them to. Okay. Nice. So, something you can think of, but for beekeeping. And yeah. So no, I'm, I'm really excited for next year based upon what you're talking about. So, I mean, I wanted to, at the end here, at least give everyone the ability to know how to find you and know how to find us. So where would they go to find you and what's the name and everything? Yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm on Tommy. I'm on Instagram and it's living underscore like underscore Randall's. Um, or you can just look up Tommy Randall and that'll pop up too. Okay. But yeah, we're over on Instagram. And if I could just say one thing, yeah. um, like if I have like um, what I want to teach people, because we were kind of talking about that mm -hmm. earlier, it would be do it and do it scared. Yeah. Because yeah. There, there's so much when you do something, when you're afraid and you do it anyways that you get from that. Um, and it's hard to put into words, but it's just like this, you know, satisfaction. And I feel like a lot of times you do better, you know, because you try harder because you are fearful. So you, you know, look into things a little bit more and, you know, line things up a little bit better. But yeah, if I could teach, you know, anybody, anything, it's just to do it and do it scared because yeah. it's all going to work out. <laughs> it's going to work out. I mean, people have done it before. Many, many people. Yes. People With after. less than what we have, you exactly. know, so it's like if they could do it back then, we can most certainly do it now with everything that we have. Absolutely. So, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I mean, I, that's kind of what I've been trying to teach people too, is that you're never going to learn unless you start. And yes, and that fear is just the fear of failure. You have to fail mm -hmm. to learn, right? Because you, you learn. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's, that's an important part, you know, to leave everyone with because start next year, right? Everyone just right. start. If you're afraid, start. If you have a small balcony, start with some small plants and kind of yeah. get your hands dirty, you know? So um, yeah, because our I, last house was a small, we had a tiny, tiny backyard. So my husband just built a little square foot box for me. And I grew some, you know, carrots and tomatoes. And I mean, it was very small scale, but we did it. You know what I mean? And absolutely. you can do it in any situation. You just have to want to do it is the thing. Got to start someday. Why not yeah. tomorrow? You know, so I mean, I really appreciate you coming on and spending time with us today. Oh, I know we're, 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 we're going to do another one of these as we get to maybe late May and June, because we're going to want to talk. Okay. We're going to want to show people kind of what we're working on. So mm -hmm. I want everyone to know that Tommy's going to be back with me probably once the gardening season kicks off and once yep. the weather obviously improves. And then, um, yeah, for us, Green Grow, you know where to find us at the Green Grow on Instagram. We also have Green Grow Biologicals on YouTube. and um, we have a website, thegreengrow.com, and Tommy is going to be also offering up um, discount codes throughout the season through her page for Green Grow. So if everyone's looking for a way to start and, 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 and get a head start with some discounts, um, Tommy is going to be one of our uh, partners for next year. So thank you again so much for that. Um, and everyone listening, this is 
uh, Mark with GreenGrow, uh, their Generate Revolution podcast, where we talk about life, soil, and success. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode on the Regenerate Revolution Life Soul Success Podcast. Do not forget to leave us a five-star rating, review, like, comment, and share with your friends.